Hello, one and all, and welcome back to another episode of History Spelunkers, the show where we take a deep dive into the ocean that is our history and fish around for tales of the niche and obscure for you to enjoy. I am your host, Kelvin, he and pronouns, and joining me today are my wonderful, fantastic, and curious co-hosts. Say hi. Hello. Hello. Introduce yourselves. My name is Chad. I also use he, him pronouns. Thank you for having me on, Kelvin. Yes. I've been a uh, long-time listener and fan, both of the podcast and of you, because oh. I was your friend before the <laughs> podcast, but go ahead. Yeah, and I'm Austin, uh, also he, him pronouns. Um, also been a friend of Kelvin, and it's exciting to be here. Yeah, well, both first-timers on the I show. Know, on the couch. First time on the you couch. There you go. But uh, yeah, no, this is fun episode today. Y'all got to pick, so... Are you fans of the ocean? Uh, I think I have been, I have seen the ocean. I was going to say seen? been to the ocean, but that sounds stupid. I have seen the ocean in person, I think maybe twice in my life. Yeah. I don't think I'm a big water guy. Not I mean, big, no. Not a big fan? No. Uh, I, I See, I've been to all three coasts, I guess, right? Oh, East, West, God. Gulf. So. Oh, you've been to most of the states though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been a lot of places. I've been, uh, I think, five states. Is there a <laughs> south coast? Is the south coast the Gulf? Yeah. The more you know? Yeah, I mean, it has to be like its own Gulf coast, because like Florida, they say like Gulf side and the other side, I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> but anyway! <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I like whales. You could see my little whale over there oh! on the table. That is nice. But, uh, yeah, no, whales are, like, my favorite animal. Really? I didn't know that about you. Yeah. You're a big whale guy? I'm a big whale guy. What's your favorite kind of whale? Uh, favorite kind of whale? Uh, sperm whales. Mm. And nice. And we'll get into it in this oh. episode, partially why. Okay. They, they feature heavily. Spoilers. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, whales, they're, you know, they're big and beautiful and smart. Intelligent. And, yeah. They're close. They got language. I'm telling you, they they are mysterious, beautiful creatures of the deep, and I love them with all my heart. And they are the subject of today's episode, like I said, because we will be discussing a certain famous American novel. You might have heard of it, Moby Dick. Hmm. Mm. Have either of you read it? No. 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 I know the captain just because it's a crossword answer sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. You know, it, it. I just finished reading it earlier this year for the first time. Okay. Do you like it? Yeah. It was great. It was uh, very long. It's like I I listened to the audiobook of it, mm. but it's like a twenty-six hour audiobook or something like that. For those of us who read books, what does that translate to? In terms of pages? Uh pages? Yeah, no. I mean I guess it depends on how large of print you're using. Yeah, uh, I think the font gotcha. is I, like I mean it's a it's a thick book. Cause you can also well you can also get versions that have like half the chapters cut out of mm. it. Um but like the boring stuff. Mm. But um you know, just like Captain Ahab's journey, trying to read the book never ends, you know? Mm. You just can't mm. finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but, you for laughing at that. That was a mid-joke. That was horrible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, let's just dive right down into it.
helmsman, our course. Tell about Sam. Why are you wearing that long face? Are you not game for Moby Dick? Captain Ahab, I am game for any kind of death if it comes in the way of the business we follow. That be no. But I came here to hunt whales, not my commander's vengeance. How many barrels of sperm oil will thy vengeance yield? What will it fetch on the new Bedford market? Money is not the measure, man. It will fetch me a great premium. Here. To be enraged with a dumb brute that acted out of blind instinct is blasphemous. Speak not to me of blasphemy, man. I'd strike the sun if it insulted me. Starbuck. All visible objects are but as pasteboard masks. Some inscrutable yet reasoning thing puts forth the molding of their features. The white whale tasks me. He heaps me. Yet he is but a mask. Tis the thing behind the mask I chiefly hate. The malignant thing that has plagued and frightened man since time began. The thing that mauls and mutilates our race. Not killing us outright, but letting us live on with half a heart and half a lung. God, keep us, keep us all. Moby Dick was written by Herman Melville, 1851. And uh, it's basically the only thing he's really known for because mm. it came at like the end of his writing career and he wasn't that famous of an author to begin with, really. Mm. But after he passed away, the novel has gone on to become like the great American novel, some would say. But like I said, the book's a doozy, follows the tale of a man named Ishmael and his adventures on the whaling ship the Pequot and the famous infamous I guess Captain Ahab mm. being a kind of a crazy guy on it and uh basically he's obsessed after they've started off on this somewhat normal whaling voyage Ahab's like yo there's this white whale if you see it I'm gonna give you a bunch of money and we gotta kill it like drop everything we do if you see the white whale we gotta kill it because it took his leg. Yeah. And so he's kind of manic about wanting to get revenge on this fish. Um, the, the mammals. According to the book, they're fish. Because, okay. like I said, you, uh, you could get like half the chapters cut out, all the boring stuff. Because <laughs> basically every other chapter, it cuts away from the Ishmael story and goes into like, whale science what? but it's like 18th century whale science so it's like everyone knows they are fish that just happen to breathe air and their tails are faced different ways you know <laughs> and it goes all down and describing like yeah and they got this many ribs and I, they get this many categories and different whales are like different it's it's some interesting okay bad science it's like yeah. mostly wrong but strangely enough, some of, like, the most poetic language is in a couple of those chapters, I thought. 
like there's one scene where uh, they're on some like South Pacific Island and they there's like a whale carcass up on the beach that the native people have built like a building out of, I oh. guess. But it's like the whole rib cage of the whale and wow. stuff. And, um, and so <laughs> Ishmael is like, oh yeah, no, this is so cool. All these bones and stuff. And uh, he uh, ends up going to be, say he gets like a tattoo of the whale Ooh. skeleton on like one of his arms. And then he says that he's putting it in this specific area on his arm and leaving the rest of his body blank of tattoos because he's leaving it for like the he's leaving it for like the another accomplishment in his life and it's like uh, it's oh what was it um it's some really awesome thing I'm like I'm gonna write this magical poem thing and then it's gonna be printed all over my body and I'm leaving <laughs> the space for that and, oh. It's like really cool, but I can't remember the exact room across your chest. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so yeah, the novel it's become like this big thing, and not only does it do like all the science stuff, it also like very accurately breaks down the whole process of life on a whaling ship. Okay. Back in the yonder years, was Melville a whaler? He did go on some voyages it wasn't like a career thing of it but he did go on a whaling voyage and so he had all those experiences with it and he also lived on nantucket island which is where american whaling was like cultured there so centered there and so he was interacting with all these people and Mm. was able to paint a very accurate picture of how to hunt and kill a whale. But you're getting ahead of him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, that's the uh, next thing is I was going to tell you all how to kill a whale. How to oh, like kill a whale? Okay. Yeah. Hydrogen uh, bomb. I've always figured that. I've, yeah, you want to guess? I've always needed this uh, with a sphere. That's, I mean, y- I like my answer. A javelin. Hydrogen bomb. Harpoon, if you will. Oh. Um, but yeah, so basically, industrialized whaling, early 1700s. Um, English settlers off the island of Nantucket adapted lessons that they learned from the local Wampanoag Indians, and basically that one island off the coast of Massachusetts becomes, like, the center of whaling, Mm. and it just takes off and becomes this huge economic engine that helps basically run the entire like industrial revolution all those machines they need whale oil to run so it wasn't it wasn't prior to this that whale oil was used because i i was thinking of whale oil but i thought it was prior to because if it was written in the 1850s like i figured that they would have been using it longer yeah so like late 17 1700s is when they started using it but Mm. like yeah 1800 to like 1860s was its peak of Everyone's using whale oil lamps. It's greasing all the gears of things. You can get different grades of whale oil to do all sorts of different niche topics. Um, and then you also have other products such as ambergris, which is used in perfume making. 
and uh, like cosmetics, lipstick uses whale oil or used to anyways. And so a lot of like these super luxurious items also get involved. Baleen, you know, the whales that like filter feed. Yeah, I do not, but okay. The ones from Nemo? Yeah, the ones from Nemo mm -hmm. that have like the bait. So they don't have actual teeth. They have what's called baleen, which is like these long feathers mm. that they use to filter tiny, tiny stuff out of the water. Mm, I do that. And it can actually, if you treat it a certain way with like heat products, it basically is like plastic mm. before plastic was a thing. And so they could make different stuff with it. It's called, they called it whalebone even though it's not actually a bone, but yeah. So how much does a whale weigh? Uh, depends on the whale. Yeah, it That's does depend on the species of That's whale. But, um, uh, so like a sperm whale is 90,000 pounds. Holy shit. So they put this, can we cuss on this? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, uh yeah, you're good. Um, the only ones I believe are like fuck. And so that's, yeah. Frick. Yeah. <laughs> Chig. So the, they put the, did they load the whale onto the ship? So here's how it works. Um, you're out on these whaling vessels, okay. you and your crew. These whaling voyages would last like three years usually. Oh, oh wow. Like you are out here full time on this boat looking for whales. On the streets. If you spy a whale, you say, there she blows. All pirate light. Seriously? Yeah, because you see the spout, and that's the wow. the blowhole. And so you go track down the whale. You get close enough to it, and then eventually you load out into the smaller longboat-type things because they can move faster. Hmm. And so you load into the rowboats with you and your crew and a bunch of harpoons. You... Hmm. Get as close as you can to the whale without spooking it, and then you spear the whale, and then you let it go because you you aren't going to kill it on your first stab because they're these massive creatures, and you have the harpoon stabbed into the whale and it's tied to a rope onto your boat. Well, the whale's just been stabbed and it's like what the fuck? Starts running or I guess swimming. And it just bolts off, and basically you just have to hold on to the boat for dear life, try not to fall out. Easy. And uh, eventually the whale will tire itself out to where you can get back up close to it again, and then you can just stab it a few more times <laughs> and kill it. That's... Wait, so they, they didn't have like a harpoon cannon? They had like a... <laughs> no, it's physically throwing the harpoons into the whale. Oh, I thought it was a harpoon cannon. No, technology is only so advanced. What if the whale swims down? Uh, that, you're, you, you're done. You <laughs> hope it doesn't. I mean, a lot of the times the rope's long enough for them to deal with that sort of thing, but they time it out to where they get the whale stabbed like right as it's coming up for air, so it doesn't have enough air to dive down for a uh, long period of time. That's crazy. Those and so that's why it just runs straight across the water because it still has to breathe because it's exerting all that energy. I wonder how many people have died like in history from doing that. How many bloodlines oh, have been wiped out? So many. By, <laughs> by whaling? Yeah. <laughs> so many. Um, so yeah, basically once you've 
And like I said, you stab it a bunch of times. You basically are just trying to stab its lungs enough to where it drowns in oh its own blood. God, jeez. Like you, you aren't like getting to its heart or its brain or nothing that is like that. Metal. So but now you have a dead whale floating on the ocean. And at this point, depending on how long your Nantucket sleigh ride is what they called it was, um, you have to row the whale carcass back to your ship. Oh. Which, you know, that could be a couple miles at Easy this point. Easy back strength. You get the whale to the vessel. They do crank it up partially out of the water. Um, if it is a sperm whale, which is like the creme de la creme in terms of whale oil, <laughs> because it has this thing called spermaceti, which is called spermaceti because back in the yonder years without good whale science, they, they thought it was sperm. Oh! They, they, <laughs> okay, so sick. It's not, but that's what they called it, and that's why it's called a sperm whale. Wait, so where does the, where does the seti come from? What's the, what's the origin of, of that part? I don't know exactly what the entomology etymology just, is of the SETI just, suffix. You, you, you think that you found some sperm and you're just like, ah, I know what this is. Yeah. Maybe a pasta. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it sounds like a lovely dish. So Salty. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sure it was, you know, <laughs> delightful. And, and it gets better. Uh, so... Sperm whales have this, Goon the whale. spermaceti is up in their head, basically. Um, <laughs> Wait, they thought the sperm was in the head? So, do, do you know what a sperm brain. whale looks like? Yeah, it's got a big hump in its head. Here, I'll, I'll get a picture up for you. Big old boy. So, oh. Large individual. Yeah, here's what a sperm whale looks like. So, all of this, like, area up here is a big, so here's, like, a skeleton. So... All this area above oh, its wow. head is a big, like, drum full of spermaceti, which is oil. And it's used for, like, the whales use it for, like, sonar communication is what it's actually for. But, again, they thought it was just a giant thing of and um the spermaceti is held in the head. Yeah, and, and it's such a pure oil and in such great abundance that what they would do is they would carve a hole, lower someone down with a bucket, and they just scoop it out, standing in... Diver? Yeah, effectively. <laughs> As one does. We're doing great podcasting right now, going over a whole diagram of a sperm whale on an audio only. <laughs> yeah, I, I leave stuff in the show notes if they're interested. For those of you wondering, we are incorporating a video element into, uh, into this episode of the podcast, if you subscribe to my private page right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they, once you get all the spermaceti out, then you still have a whale carcass that has a lot of blubber on it. Mm. So you butcher the whale, taking off as much blubber as you can. And then you basically build a furnace on top of your wooden what? ship and boil off all the whale fat into barrels and you have to do this fast before it goes rancid. So what's the time frame on this? So it's like 24 hours straight oh. for like three, four days of butchering and boiling this whale blubber. Do you eat the meat? Do they have meat? Can you they eat the meat? They do have meat. You can eat it. It's not seen like a thing that they normally would do just because that what. I, I guess it wasn't like a flavor that they 
thought they enjoyed, maybe. But we're gonna try. Can I try whale on Nantucket? I want to look up what whale tastes like. I don't know if on Nantucket, but like up in Alaska, I know you can still get some like whale and shit. Inuit people. Yeah. Man, I've got cousins in Alaska. I should call them right now. Tell them, hey, <laughs> you eat whale. What does a whale taste like? But uh, so yeah, that that's basically what you do, and then you're left with the giant skeleton. Um, oh. And the last. Uh, stuff that you get from it is uh, the ambergris that I said that was used in the mm -hmm. perfume. Those are basically like rocks that are stuck in the intestines of the whale because sperm whales eat squid oh. and squids have beaks and mm. the beaks don't oh. digest. They just kind of get lodged in their stomach and stuff and it creates a funky smelling rock that apparently is really good in perfumes. Okay. They're kidney stones? The whale's Similarly, kidney Similarly, yeah. yeah. Um, but you also have the teeth, which are in type of ivory. Oh, yeah. And so right. there's some wealth in that. But um, a common thing that would happen in whaling is that they would take the teeth and distribute it to the sailors because... If you don't see a whale, then you're just sitting on a boat for a very long time. You got three years there. Me and my You don't boys. got phones. You can't <laughs> read. So uh, they would just like etch into the bones and it's called scrimshaw was the art form. Oh, that's what that is. And so you get these super ornate art done mm -hmm. on whale teeth because they have nothing else to do about these good old so they get really boys. good at carving whale teeth up so they didn't they don't stop for port they're just in the ocean i mean they stop for port like the normal amount of like of picking up new supplies and stuff but for the most part they are just out in the middle of the ocean <clears throat> yeah so wow very dangerous job like, it's just a bunch of lads out in the ocean, you and your bros Me killing whales. Boys. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Also, you're on a boat in the middle of nowhere, so you get, like, malnutrition, scurvy and shit. Yeah. Um, Are there pirates? Yeah, pirates mm. would steal whale oil because it's super expensive. And especially if a whaling ship has been out for a long time, they yeah, got they a got lot of oil on them. A lot of loot. Them. A lot of loot. They do, yeah. That's facts. That sperm booty. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that's how whaling works. And Moby Dick ends with... Spoilers. It does? I mean, it. yeah, it does. <laughs> and spoiler alert for like a almost 200-year-old book at this point. That's like classic literature. Um... It ends with everyone dying because the oh. whale... Wait, dude, don't tell me how it ends! They really all die? <laughs> all but Ishmael. Um, oh, he's got that dog in him. Mm -hmm. So he, there's a, a storm at, that happens while the whale attacks the ship mm. and sinks the ship. Mm. And Ishmael survives by holding on to a coffin... Which acts mm. as a buoy as the ship sinks and saves him. In the middle of the ocean. In the middle of the ocean, yeah. 
And so the whole book is like him telling this story after the oh. fact. Um, oh. Yeah. So how is he, is he telling the story to someone or is he like scribbling this to down? To the reader, like, I guess. Okay. He's like, hey, call me Ishmael. Here's the, the story of the time I was on the Pequod. And oh, then he goes off. right. Um, but the thing is, whales are very peaceful creatures. Like, they don't, they're running away from humans. They're not going right. out being aggressive in so why does Moby Dick end with the whale being like this monster that is actively trying to kill all of these people? Is it a commentary on the whites? <laughs> no. Okay. On humanity in general and how we create I mean, our own demons. He, he, it's he, like Godzilla. It's, it's interpretive, yeah. But uh, it's also because it's based on a true event that actually happened. Of one time a whale went and sank a ship full of whalers back and it inspired the writing of this novel. And so that's uh, the bulk of this episode today is the inspiration behind Moby Dick. Okay. The tragedy of the whale ship Essex. Mm. So the whale ship Essex. She's an 88 foot long vessel launched 1799. Over the course of her long career, she earned the reputation of being a very lucky vessel to work on. She, <laughs> was, she was successful at hunting, gathered a lot of whales, very few incidents relatively over the course of her career. Obviously, that, it, that didn't yeah, I wouldn't be talking yeah, about it if that was always the case. So, in 1819, uh -huh. first mate George Pollard Jr., mm was promoted to captain of the Essex. Mm. And in August of that year, he was to set out on a multi-year voyage with the crew of 20 other men on his maiden voyage as captain. Most of the crew was born on the island of Nantucket. A lot of them were like cousins of each other. Can I admit to being kind of dumb? I have no clue where Nantucket is. So, do you know... Um, it's northeast of Boston? No, so no. you have Massachusetts, right? Okay. And you got the Cape Cod sure. part. And there's two sets of islands underneath okay. that Cape Cod part. Okay. Mm. One of them is Martha's Vineyard. Okay. Oh. And the other one's Nantucket. Okay, so we're in New England territory. Yes. Got New it. England. Okay, okay. Are you going to play Assassin's Creed 3? No. I wasn't allowed to. Okay. I, I lived in the, the one household in the United States where the parents cared about the age ratings. My parents also cared. Evidently not. Well, that was at Dad's house. Oh, well, I didn't. I never went to Dad's house. At so. Mom's house, it was like, here's a map. Ah. Massachusetts, Nantucket is this little island right here, and then this is Martha's Vineyard. Once again, viewers, if you want to see the video version, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, only five of the crew members were not from Nantucket. And Nantucket is a fairly diverse place, even progressive, some might say, for its time. Um, it had a large population of free black sailors. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a handful of black sailors on this crew. I think it was another, like, I think it was seven or eight. So mm -hmm. a decent amount of uh, diversity on this crew. Um, and we'll learn all of their names through the course of 
this show, but uh, the only ones I want to cup point out right now are uh, other than Captain Pollard. There's the first mate Owen Chase and Captain Pollard's 17 year old cousin Owen Coffin. <laughs> And the 14-year-old cabin boy, Thomas Nickerson, because we are okay with child labor. Yeah, why was he on the... Why, I mean, okay. You need small people to fit into the small parts. Uh, what? This is before unions? Oh, what's a union? Gotta unionize that boat. <laughs> I don't even know Gotta that unionize Karl boat. Marx has written his books yet. No, so. he has not, actually. I don't believe so. So, yeah, it, what is all that stuff? What did he write? It's um, crazy. No unions. Yeah, no. If you... You get shot. But, yeah, you, you need a little boy in mm. order to stick yeah. his little mitts into places to grab stuff. <clears throat> Who else is going to be the one inside the head of the whale scooping up all the oil? Oof. You know? You, Oof. Yeah. So, so is there only one child on the boat? Usually you only have one cat. That's pretty your acceptable. Designated boy. Um, so yeah. Uh, fateful day, uh, August 12th, 1819. The Essex starts her voyage. She sails off into the Atlantic. And two days later, she gets caught in a storm and almost capsizes. Mm. <laughs> and Lucky. One of the main sails was damaged. And two of the whale boats were lost. Mm. They so are now, how many do they have total? They, they start off with five whale boats. So now they only have three. Yes. Got it. Um, so now they are faced with a choice. They can either push forward with their voyage, or they can turn back to Nantucket to do repairs. And push forward. That, exactly. Push forward is... Uh, Don't be a coward. So, Captain Pollard, being a first-time captain, he was under a lot of pressure to live up to his new status, basically. Mm. And his first mate, uh, Owen Chase, very much pushes him to do things the captain might not otherwise be comfortable with. And so they push forward with the compromise being that they will do repairs on some islands further out in the Atlantic but they won't turn back. And so they do some repairs, but they're only able to replace one of the whale boats off on the the Azores, which are off the, the coast Azores. of Portugal, yeah. um, is where they ended up going. And so they now only have four whale boats, but otherwise most of the repairs are done fine. Who's paying for this? Is it the captain who's paying for it, or is it the? Is there a funding party? So it is. It is. The, so the whale boat is. They will sell all the oil off. So, it's, kind of freelance. I want to say, there aren't like big whaling companies, but they have like contracts with, like the people that, purchase the oil. Hmm. Um. So they know that they're not going to come back until they hit whatever quota of oil they're wanting to get. Mm. And then all the crew will be paid a predetermined percentage of the total profits of the voyage. Okay. But they also get deducted all the expenses 
that they incur during this voyage. So you're gone for three years and you maybe come back with like 10, 20 bucks. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Like you didn't make money doing But this. you got a story. The only people that like consistently made any wealth off of whaling voyages were the captains because their percentage was higher than the rest of the crew. So they do it for a love of the whaling? And also it's uh, adventure. It's your, if you have nothing else going on, you're just a farmhand. I was going to say, I think in those days, you kind of just do whatever you, you, you did whatever job you that get you something get planned out for live. three, five years. You, know, you get to travel the world. It's like a sixth of their lifetime. <laughs> I don't know that life expectancy was that bad. Oh, I mean, it was you're bad, a whaler. Sure. But you know, um, so yeah, that, Dude, that farm or go to war. You got three choices back then. Pretty much. Is that a farm whale? <laughs> I like that. So the the Essex goal was to go to a stretch of the Pacific Ocean known as the offshore ground, which is it's a big empty space of water off the coast of Chile, kind of where French Polynesia is. So how did they end up in the Azores? Well, that's like their first stop coming off Massachusetts. They're going to go down around uh, Cape Horn, South America, and then go back up to the Pacific. Pre-Panama Canal? Very, like, 100 years pre-Panama oh, Canal. Wow. So, that's their goal, is to go to... And it the offshore ground is like a big uh, sperm whale breeding area. So they mm. congregate, and there should be a bunch of them. So they begin making their way down and uh, the coast of Brazil towards the Cape Horn. And it takes them four months before they find their first whale, which is not good. Not good. No, they, they <clears throat> should have already gotten two or three whales by this point. But they finally get their first whale off the coast of Rio de Janeiro. And in January of 1820, they've made it around Cape Horn and are now in the Pacific. So is this lack of, of, of whale spotting, this lack of whale identification, uh, because of, was it just bad luck or is this, uh, this new captain just not good at his job? It's bad luck. Okay. Like, you have to be lucky in order to run into a creature out in the middle of the ocean, right? Okay. Um, but, yeah, to have not caught in a single thing in four months, that is uh, some I mean, rough going. Does it have anything to do with, like, migratory patterns and them not even knowing that this was a thing yet? I mean, they... Because we're still not very well versed on it. Like They were aware that later. the whales moved, but... <laughs> um, facts they do it's yeah it, they were having to go farther and farther away out into the middle of the ocean because already even by this point uh they've killed a bunch of them oh so it it gets rough um I'll, I'll give you the exact specifics later but yeah it we kill a lot of whales i don't hopefully not you said we i just want to make that clear collective <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so yeah, they made it and, uh, they make it around actually to Ecuador and, uh, they've managed to catch a dozen whales in, in this period. 
Um, is that know, good? I mean, that seems that, like that's a lot, a lot more. better. They're actually like catching stuff. Market improvement. Yes, there. They, they're hitting their stride, and they make it to Ecuador, and they're gonna they take a brief stop on land to restock and do all their things, and uh, a Mister Henry Dewitt, one of the crew, he decides he doesn't want to do this anymore, so True. he deserts, and. Um, <clears throat> Probably the best decision anyone gets on this thing. He, I mean, he just disappears. Like, we have no idea what happens to him. Jumps off the ship. But, um, yeah, he just disappears. So we are already down one crew member. Eventually, the crew makes it to the Galapagos Islands. It's a very popular spot for whalers because the whales congregate around there going up and down the Pacific coast. But also, uh, there's a lot of, like, good food there to stop up on for your long voyages out in the middle of the open water. Komodo dragons. What? Not Komodo dragons, uh, but you get uh, Galapagos tortoises. Eating um, them? Favorite food what is whalers. What does turtle taste like? Tur turtle soup, right? Yeah, the turtle soup is a what? popular dish. Um, Man, my, my Texas upbringing has betrayed me because I'm finding I mean, people don't all eat. kinds of things that I don't know about. Yeah. I really thought there were Komodo dragons there. Komodo dragons are over in Indonesia. That's Galapagos do have uh, marine iguanas, the only lizards that swim. Mm. So, there you go. A swimming lizard. What about snakes? They're not lizards. What? They're reptiles. <laughs> What's the difference? Legs. Yeah, man, I my ignorance is really showing tonight. I knew that I was a little bit, you know, you know, not the sharpest tool in the shed. It's okay. Shout out to you know, rest in peace. But uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah, they they eat the Galapagos tortoises because they're slow. They can't run away from you. They're giant. Like they're large. A couple hundred pounds. You get a lot of meat on them. And so you just grab them and put them on the boat, and because they're not aggressive, they kind of just wander around the boat, <laughs> or I guess ship, but yeah, they kind of just wander around. And if you don't want them wandering around, then you just flip them over and stack them up. Oh, that's, that's sad. Horrible. That and really, that's and the thing is, they can survive for, they've evolved to survive for like months without eating and drinking. So, yeah, it... it it's rough to be a tortoise. You don't want to get caught. But if you do, then uh, you just get to sit around for weeks until they get around to eating you. That's awful. That's really terrible. And, that makes me sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, while they're on the Galapagos, um, you know, just they, they get around 250 to like 300 tortoises. Stacked up. What? What? Yeah. Um, How big is the ship? It said 88 feet. 88 feet long, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Good for them. Not for the tortoises. That sucks for the tortoises, but good for those Good for those whalers. Do they have a tortoise section of the ship? I mean, I'm sure you just stick them down in like the, the hole, hole with the hole. other food stuffs. But yeah, uh, funny story that happened while they were there. In October 1820, one of the crew, uh, Thomas Chapel, he decides he wants to play a prank on some of the crew while they're out hunting for tortoises. And so he ends up setting 
um, lighting some plants on fire, oh some underbrush. God. And it ends up turning into a wildfire that burns down the whole island. <laughs> Cute little prank. Which uh, has caused, which caused the extinction of several unique species found nowhere else in the world. Man, this story is <laughs> so funny, They literally destroyed this entire island. That, that is such a cute, funny little it was just a prank. story. But you know what? This leads way to Darwin. He does show what? up. What? Yeah, uh, he shows up a couple years later, yeah. Um, because of that? No, that, oh. that's just to stop on the trick, but... That's where he writes the he, he probably could have found a couple more birds or lizards if this crew hadn't stopped mm. by, unfortunately. So yeah, um, rough time so far for a lot of other people other than, and this crew. So very lucky ship, like I said. So we've destroyed one of the islands on the Galapagos, killed a bunch of whales, kidnapped a bunch of tortoises. Everything's going fine. On October 16th, after... They've made it to the offshore grounds. It's the first whale that they've spotted in this region of the ocean. They get out on their whale boats to go hunt them down. And the whale directly breaches, jumps out of the water, directly under one of the whale boats, destroying it. Ooh. So we're back down to three whale boats, which is like the bare minimum you need in order to like operate effectively. But... Um, you're out in the middle of the ocean now. You gotta make do. So they didn't get those whales um, on November 16th. But the morning of November 20th, mm -hmm. they spot a pod, a group of whales, off on the horizon. And so they send the crew out to go get them. And one of the other whaling boats immediately damaged and has to come back to get some repairs done on it. Was it a whale damaged it? Yes, whale mm. damage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this whale is not messing around. So, they take, uh, they've already repaired the one that broke on the 16th. And so... They have four boats now? They, they have got three. like two and a oh. half. They've, so they three, they broke one on the 16th, but they fixed it. Okay. And they've now broken another one four okay. days later. So the remaining two go out to do some hunting. While the remaining crew of about 12, they finish doing some repairs on this third. They try to do some repairs on the third whale boat in order to get it up and operational. And what happened next becomes the stuff of legends. Mm. First mate, Owen Chase, he's doing repairs on the longboat. When the young cabin boy, Thomas Nickerson, <clears throat> who is keeping watch from the helm, soon off the port side, the left side of the vessel, spots a sperm whale sitting motionless in the water, kind of just staring at him. The whale is almost the same size, if not larger in length, than the Essex herself. Mm. Is that, is that... That's that is, a big... That that's is a big. big. That's a big whale. <laughs> uh, I think normal whales, you know, are like 60 feet, maybe. 50 to 60 feet. So this is a big honking whale. It's a big whale. Mm. And it's kind of just eyeballing them. And mm. then out of nowhere... The whale charges full speed and rams the ship 
before diving under and coming up on the starboard side of the vessel. And it kind of just sits there again, looking kind of dazed because it just head butted a giant ship. And while it's temporarily stunned, uh, <laughs> Chase is like, what the f***? He goes to Harpoon to try and stab the whale, but realizes the way the whale's lined up kind of just sitting there, that if he stabs it and it like jerks around, it would destroy the rudder of the ship, and then they're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Uh. So he he doesn't <clears throat> stab it. And the whale, after a few moments, kind of regains consciousness, swims off a little bit, turns back around, <laughs> positions itself facing the front of the ship, and again, a second time, goes full speed straight into the bow of the ship, rams it hard enough to cause the ship to scooch backwards into the water, and damaged it enough to where the ship begins to sink. Mm. The whale dips and is like, I've done my job. <laughs> the whale's out of there? Yeah, the whale just hops out of there. And within like half an hour, the ship is gone. Like it's sunk. So all the crew's like panicking, trying to get all the supplies they can into the whale boat and get like repair, try to get uh, like a sail attached to it in order to make it mm. seaworthy, like build up the walls and all that stuff. And, yeah, within, like, half an hour, the ship's gone. Mm. And now you just got all these guys are sitting away on the, in the whale boat. And the other two whale boats that had the captain and the rest of the crew out hunting whales, they turn around and like, where'd our ship go? <laughs> so oh. they come back, and they're like... Everybody left. Dude, what happened? And uh, Owen Chase responded, we've been stove by a whale. This is the first time up to that point in history that a whale has intentionally attacked a ship. In like the That's crazy. Sperm whale Michael Myers. Yeah. Oh my god. So they've seen something that had never happened before and has maybe only happened a handful of times since then. Okay. Of a whale intentionally going out of its way to attack people. So yeah. Uh the best guess about why it did this um, is that it got confused by the sounds of them doing repairs on the whale boat. Did they think it was another whale? That's what, what they sort of yeah. they they thought it might have because so. Oh, he's just trying to hug. The they, ship. they thought like the knocking of like hammers and stuff. They it would sound similar to like the whale clicks underwater, maybe. And it got territorial uh, and was like, post up. Are whales territorial? Uh, the males can be. Uh. Um, they're they're pretty solitary. So here you are, twenty guys in three boats, in the middle of the ocean, and they are two thousand nautical miles from any hope of safety. Hello, everybody. This is Kelvin from the future, and just wanted to let you know that this is part one of the Moby Dick episode. It's a very long one, just like the original story, so if you want to hear the thrilling conclusion for our 
mournful travelers on board the Essex and other stories about whaling on the high seas, join us in the next episode, part two. But for now, I'll go ahead and close y'all out. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard so far, please tell your friends about us. We're always looking for new listeners. And I will leave information for people down in the show notes for those who want to dig further and do research on the topics that we discussed today. Our music is by Mountaineer. You can find their stuff on more on Upbeat.io. As always, we'd like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on land that rightfully belongs to the Kiowa, Comanche, Tonkwa, as well as other indigenous peoples. Again, thanks for listening, and until next time, we'll see you down the rabbit hole. Bye-bye.